that you're here. If you've been around since the beginning, it's good to see you. Thanks for coming back. If you're new, welcome. This is a safe space where we talk about pop culture that has no real relevance to anything. We do not so deep dives about things. I tell uh, random stories about myself and you get the chance to hear about a weird girl that likes movies too much. So today we're talking about Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Do you remember Julia? She joined me for the Disney Sidekicks episode during season one, and her son Ransom hopped on when we were discussing The Karate Kid as we were going through our favorite kids' movies from the 80s and 90s. Well, after the musical superlatives episode with Valerie at the top of the season, I got a message from Julia when I mentioned my distaste for Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. And she said, quote, you don't like Seven Brides? Yes, it's awful, but it's so fun to watch. I then got razzed a bit when I responded a whole 13 hours later because I often type out replies but forget to hit send or I reply in my head but forget to actually text in the first place. It's a situation, one that has frustrated many a people and yet they have learned to just message me again and say, did you reply to me in your head? To which I reply, yes. Yes, in fact, I did. Anyways, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers was already on the list of potential deep dives for the season as a movie musical I can't stand. But I wondered maybe, just maybe, I was wrong about it if Julia found it so amusing. So when I laid out the season, I wanted to talk about a musical that I had never seen before. And that was 1776. I wanted an excuse to talk about my absolute two favorites, Annie and Newsies. And then I wanted to talk about one that I just really don't like. And there's a few of them out there. And then we're going to wrap up the season with one that I think is over underrated, not overrated. Um... So I was like, you know what? Maybe Julia's right. Maybe I was just, I don't know. I was wrong about Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Turns out I wasn't. I wasn't wrong about it. <laughs> but, it's, but it's a hard one because the music is good, but the storyline is horrible. It's not the only musical I feel this way about. Carousel with Shirley Jones and Gordon McRae, who I love them both in Oklahoma, same thing. Excellent music, good performances, but the story about an emotionally stunted abusive husband just rubs me the wrong way. Or Rent, which I know is um unpo unpopular opinion. Great music, great music, but it's kind of hard to like any of the characters or romantic pairings when they're all entitled and selfish. The great thing about pop culture, though, is that even though something isn't my particular taste doesn't mean it can't be perfect for someone else, meaningful, life-changing. There is an audience for every movie, every movie, every TV show, every book, no matter how good or bad it is. I mean, just look at the phenomena that was the Twilight series, which is definitely not high literature. That was okay. It spoke to some people despite its own stalkery, gaslighting, abusive relationships. But I digress. Today, we're talking about Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. And I promise not to rant like I did with Frozen in season one. It was a long episode where I just really went off, shared all my feelings, all the feels. But first, a quick rundown of the plot. As always, uh, let's just get this conversation started with some spoiler-filled talk. Right off the bat, we meet Adam. He's a, a mountain man. A, I think he's a farmer or he's a rancher. I, I don't honestly... I don't remember. He's a ginger-haired brute, and he storms into town for provisions, and he's decided, you know what, today is the day I'm going to find a wife. The dude is just, you know, 
going to be like, you know, I'm just going to walk down the street and ogle at every woman and find myself somebody today. And they will no doubt be unable to resist my charms and will get married immediately so she can come back with me to the middle of nowhere to keep house for me and my brothers. Six brothers? There are six brothers. He's the seventh. He even has a song about it as he walks down the main street and he's just gawking at these women trying to determine which one... Which one is the lucky lady that he's just going to take home? That's when we see Millie. She is chopping wood and she's immediately smitten, which I think you would have to be because if you talk to this guy at all, you'd, you'd realize it was a bad life choice. But that's not really true. That's what he, when he thinks, you know, she's pleasant to look at and she looks like she can do a hard day's work. I'm going to marry her. So he follows her into this tavern she works at. And he tastes her stew, and that just confirms that she can also cook, and uh, he gets down to the business of asking her to marry him. She scoffs just a little bit, you know, like, no romance, what? And he says something to the effect that this is a waste of time because they'll inevitably end up right where they are with the same questions. So she says, you know what? Okay, I'll have to finish my chores first. What? What? Ah, uh, she does not know him. He's a he's a brute. He's a brute. And he's like, Do you want to marry me? And she's like, Well, I'll have to do my chores first. So he goes and finds a preacher. She packs up her stuff. They get hitched and immediately head out into the middle of nowhere to Adam's homestead. It's it's the same day. All of this happens in the same day. And on the way, Millie is so excited to be married and very ready to fall in love with this complete stranger that is now her husband which of course is accompanied by a song. And you can see Adam getting a little fidgety in his seat because the thing is, he has failed to tell his newly betrothed that he lives with six brothers and expects her to be the maid for all of them. It's a bit of a shock to say the least uh, when she gets there and is introduced to all of these uh, other six ginger heathen, filthy, horribly mannered men. (laughs) And after the first dinner goes terribly wrong adam expects to have a place in her bed he just goes upstairs like all right i'm going to bed and all of the brothers are standing at the door just kind of in awe that he's going to go into a room with a woman it's almost as if they've never seen a woman before it's a little weird um and she's like what nope i don't think so you just want a maid and a maid is entitled to her own sleeping arrangements adam tries a bit of sweet talk she turns him down and he kind of storms out of the room But then all of the brothers are standing there and he doesn't want his pride hurt. So he goes back into the room pretending she just needed a glass of water and he immediately steps out of the second floor window onto a tree limb and he's planning to sleep in this tree all night long. So he, so his brothers think that he's still in the room. Uh, But then Millie, again, not so terribly bright, immediately changes her mind and lets him in after singing about being in love again. Thing is... Adam doesn't feel bad about any of it, just goes about his life. You know, it does ruffle his feathers a bit when Millie starts to whip the other brothers into shape. She makes them bathe. She teaches them some manners. And eventually she works on how to woo at their own women. They're kind of jealous um, that Adam has a wife now. And they're like, hey, you know what? I think I'd like a wife. 
Turns out they're really bad with the ladies and they love a good brawl. So their first outing in very colorful outfits is a barn raising and picnic where they each immediately become enamored with some local girls. The whole day is in shambles though because they think they need to one-up all of the other dudes there even though the girls also in very colorful clothing are obviously crushing on them. So they end up going home dejected and bleeding after being attacked by all the other guys at the picnic. And before they know it, winter has come and the brothers spend most of their time just moping around heartsick. After another very melancholy song, Adam tells the bros about the Romans and how they would just take the women they wanted. <laughs> so that gives the boys the great idea to legit go into town and kidnap the girls they only talked to once at the picnic and so they drag them in the snow the town who wants to storm after them um they they all of the guys get together with their their guns and pitchforks in sleighs because there's snow um go heading out after them and they go through this pass and they have to be very very quiet because they don't want there to be an avalanche and then as soon as they get to the other side of the pass adam who is driving so because this was all his idea he tells the guys okay let them scream and the girls start to scream because they're terrified because they've just been kidnapped and an avalanche happens blocking off the pass so the angry mob will have to wait until spring, and the girls are now trapped at the homestead in the cabin. Millie is fit to be tied, banishes the boys to the barn. She tells Adam off. Adam, being the man baby he is, saddles a horse and heads off to the trapping cabin for the winter. The girls, um, you know, they're they're stubborn, and they're upset at first at kind of ignoring the guys as the guys are trying to come around even though Millie is forcing the boys to live in the barn but then they get bored and then they have a healthy dose of Stockholm syndrome happening and they're convinced they're in love with the brothers so Millie finally relents and lets the boys in the house for singing and dancing and as spring finds its way to the homestead the girls get to go outside and be charmed out in nature but there's there's worry about what will happen when the past opens back up and the men with pitchforks and guns arrive then we find out that all along millie had been pregnant all through the winter and has had a baby and the youngest brother gideon who is played by russ tamblin who played riff in west side story uh he, don't love him as a ginger um he goes off to the trapping cabin to tell adam about the baby he's surprised having no idea that millie had been millie had been pregnant but he's still a man baby and refuses to come home. Doesn't even ask if she or the baby is okay. But Gideon does punch him in the face, so that felt good. So as soon as the pass opens up, Adam shows up at the homestead knowing that there's going to be a fight with the townspeople. When he sees the baby, he gets all contemplative but never says sorry. <sighs> Finally tells Millie he loves her, and that's just enough for her. Despite the fact that he planned the kidnapping of six young women and then left her for months because he's a horrible communicator. Sorry, that got testy. The girls then don't want to leave, so they hear the, the men coming. The men came as soon as the pass opened. They run and hide before their brothers and fathers show up. There's mass chaos. The townsfolk think the girls are being assaulted as the brothers are looking for the girls. The townsfolk get even more terrified because they hear a baby cry, which 
Um, then they're afraid that one of the girls had gotten pregnant, but which tells me that these townsfolk don't know anything about babies because not, not enough time has gone by for any of them to have had one. So then um, they round everybody up. And in a Spartacus move of sorts, the girls, they're like, who is the mother to this child? And they're all like, I am. Um, so there's nothing left but for the girls to marry the boys. They are wet immediately. The end. Whew. Interesting tidbits about the movie. So MGM considered this a B picture. It had higher aspirations for the more expensive 1954's Brigadoon. For this reason, the studio slashed the budget, forcing director Stanley Donnan to use painted backdrops instead of filming on location. That's kind of interesting. For the bride's costumes, designer Walter Plunkett went to the Salvation Army, found old quit quilts, and turned them into dresses. Oh, I like that little piece of movie history that's kind of fun because there was no way of distinguishing between the the brothers but from the town suitors mgm decided to make all of the ponape brothers redheaded their last name is ponape too that i mean it's spelled p-o-n-t-i-p-e-e -E. i don't know how i feel about that <laughs> the avalanche that happened in the past was filmed at coral creek canyon at sun valley idaho so that's neat. They act, I guess they were actually on location there. Director Stanley Donnan said that producer Jack Cummings originally planned to use existing American folk songs for the film's musical numbers. After months spent searching in vain for the right music, Donnan recalled the decision was made for, to commission an original score, which I think is good. I, it would have been interesting to have American folk music in it, um, but I, I don't know if they could have made it feel or as organic. The movie was only shot in 48 days. It's one of the most popular films of 1954. It made MGM a profit in excess of $3 million, a considerable sum at the time, an equivalent to nearly $30 million in today's money. So that's your interesting tidbits about the movie. I feel like I should have felt a little more enthusiastic about that, but I just couldn't. What did the movie get right? I'll give it to the songs. Um, there aren't really, they're not the kind of songs that really get stuck in your head, but I never wanted to fast forward through them. And the fact that there are movies, moments that I love, like in Oklahoma or Singing in the Rain that I do actually fast forward through, you know, I, I think that's something. I, I, again, I could see how recognizable folk music could have worked in the movie, but I'm really glad they chose not to do that. What irritated me about the movie? I'm just going to keep this short. I'm not going to go on for minutes and minutes and minutes here. Uh, it was toxic masculinity. <laughs> Poor communication skills. Damsels in distress. Toxic masculinity. Did I already say that? Oh, going to say it one more time. Toxic masculinity. Adam is a horribly selfish, egotistical, arrogant character. And I just did not like him. There was nothing. He tried charm. And it just, it does not work on me, that charm. Oh, it made me so mad. He makes me mad. <laughs> Final opinion. Why is it worth the rewatch? Honestly, I'm not entirely sure it's worth it. I wonder, though, if the stage production is different. Sometimes theater productions come off a bit more whimsical. So I think perhaps if it was on stage, I would give it a try. Perhaps. 
But that's it for today. We have one more week of season three, so I hope you'll join me as we wrap up this conversation with one more list and deepish dive into a movie I mentioned last episode uh, that we are going to talk about the last five years, which I consider to be one of the most underrated movies, mu- movie musicals of the 2000s. And then um, I'm trying to think. So we'll have another uh, um, appreciation week. We're going to do a Dolly Parton appreciation week between season three and season four. Season four is actually going to be um, romantic comedies through the decades. So over the course of five weeks, 10 episodes, we will talk about a different romantic comedy should hit right around Valentine's day. Then we'll do another appreciation week and season five is going to be the Jim Henson. It's going to be the Muppets. I'm very excited about that. Hopefully you'll stick around for that. If you haven't already, I hope you subscribe so we can keep going on this journey together. And if you've got the time, it would be awesome if you could rate and review so that other individuals who like random conversations about pop culture with someone who doesn't really know what they're talking about can join in on the fun as well. I know I don't have a lot of listeners, but I have the most fun doing this. It's I've mentioned this before. It is the creative outlet that I have needed. I really love to write, and I get to do a bit of that as I do this prep work for the, the podcast. Um, and I get to talk to people who do listen and who uh, appreciate me taking the time to do this and are not turned off by my weird movie tastes and humor. So thank you for listening. It really, really, really is appreciated. And if you ever want to be on it, um, I like to have conversations with people. So you just say, hey, Emily, you know what? The Muppets is my jam. I want to be on an episode of The Muppets. Or romantic comedies. I have a lot of feels about romantic comedies. I'd like to join you for an episode. And I will let you on because that's how this goes. It's fun to talk to people from time to time. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at at GnomeGirlM. And on Facebook as a bit of fun with Emily. Go have yourself a bit of fun today. And I will see you next time.